On this episode, we have a jam-packed show for you, including our Fantasy Vibes Awards show, where we break down Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Never Will I Draft Again Award, that's going to be funny, and Biggest Bust, including more. And all of this is coming up on this episode. I'm your boy Moon, and I am joined with my co-host, Jalen the Journalist. Say what's up, Jalen. The boys are back in town. What's good, Moon? (laughs) Everything is wavy. It's been a minute since we got an episode out to the people, but we appreciate y'all being patient with us and, you know, going through this process with us. Um, and we want to give a special shout out to everybody that's been listening on all podcast platforms because we wouldn't, you know, get the love without y'all, man. We really appreciate it. So if it's on Spotify, Apple, you know, any anywhere where you can listen, no, we appreciate it. Make sure that you leave a five-star review. Jalen, tell them how much the five-star review helps. It helps because people that want to listen to Fancy Basketball Podcast, it will rate us higher on the list. Yeah, give, give us that five-star rating. You can now do it on Spotify and other platforms out there. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, you already know what time it is. It's time for Real Talk, presented by Real Ones Productions. Jalen, say it with your chest, my boy. So, my real talk about James Harden Fantasy Productions in the playoffs. We know James Harden is all-around player, gets his assists. Gets his points, gets his rebounds. It's how he gets his points is what I don't like and what I don't like about his fantasy production in the playoffs. Because, I mean, last game, okay, he didn't do bad. He had 45 fantasy points. Game before that had 38 fantasy points. Game before that had 35 fantasy points. Before they had 52. 42 game before that. And this is all from the Toronto series, by the way. Which, all those numbers are good, especially the 52. But the thing is that last game, well, he shot 29% from the field. The game before that was very quality, efficient game, 53%. Game before that, though, the 33% Where you had field. One, Yes. And then game one is 35% from the field. He's not very efficient when it comes from the field. And, you know, because it, it, the one thing about James Harden, he loved, his, he loved taking contested jumpers. He couldn't get by, he couldn't get by Malachi Flynn yesterday, by the way, should, should I mention. Um, but the good thing is he does get you assists. He does get you rebounds. Uh, he got five rebounds yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. He got nine nine assists. He got three blocks, which definitely helped with the 40, 45 fantasy points total he had yesterday. Game before that, he had 10 assists, uh, six assists, 14 assists. Like, he gets his assists. He's going to get his rebounds. He might not get double-digit rebounds, but he get, gets quality you know, numbers of rebounds for a shooting guard. But it's like, okay, you look forward past the Toronto series, and it's like the Heat. P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Uh, right. Tyler Hero is even like a terrible defender. Like I think Tyler Hero is a good team defender. Maybe not a good one-on-one defender, but a good team defender. Um, there is a difference for people out there that don't know. But it's like, how well is he going to do against those players? Uh, and, and, and no. Bam doesn't, he, he doesn't guard guards, but he surely ain't opposed to switching on to one. Um, right, if he has to, right? Yeah. How good is he going to do against a very stout defense in Miami, which is why I would probably fade him, and I'm not very high on him going forward in the playoffs, and including that he's going to either have to play the Bucks the round after if they do beat the Heat, or he's going to have to play the Celtics. The Celtics have been the best defense since the calendar year started, and the Bucks still have Drew Holiday, which I will assume will be the perimeter defender on James Harden if they do go up against each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. 
how good is he going to be to where you're going to want to get him as your number one player in your FanDuel lineup? I don't know. Because I probably wouldn't choose him. That's He's, the price. That maybe won't give you the exact same production, but he'll be a lot cheaper. Save money, be able to, you know, retool your lineup in the best way. I look at it as a fade too. You know, 22, 5, and 9 in game four, uh, 19, 6, and 10, 14, 6, and 6, 22, 5, and 14. That's the numbers over the series. And if you just look at the stat line, you probably be like, okay, not too bad. I mean, if this is uh, Tyrese Maxey's stats, would have been looking at it like, okay, it's pretty good. Yeah. But for Harden, it's like, nah, if his price is anything over in the 9,000 range, in order for him to reach six times the value, all you got to do is multiply nine times six, and that's what he will have to get you. I'll let you do the math at home. So if he's not getting that, and he's not, to me, in order for you to get, for me to spend that money on you, I have to be able to account that you're going to at least give me 50 on a consistent basis. But yeah. with the efficiency, it makes it harder for you to bank on that. So I, de- I definitely agree with you as far as this playoff efficiency. Oh, I have a real talk. I mean, I didn't even mention his turnovers. He had turnovers <laughs> yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Five. He had four turnovers yesterday, three turnovers Um, the game before, which is game three. Game two, he had five. And game one, he had one. So it isn't like, you know, he's mm-hmm. crazy efficient with no turnovers. No, he three, at least three times. Uh. This series, except for one game. The efficiency from shooting from the field, this just leaves more to be desired. That's great, bro. For real talk, again, that's popped off. James Harden, gentlemen calling you out on real talk. If go you ahead. go crazy next series and shoot 50% from the field, hey, I, I praise him. Because what you always say, gentlemen, your eyes don't lie. Real talk is kind of going to be short, sweet, simple, to the point. Jeremiah Green recently came out after the Warriors, I think it was their last win, and um, he was doing an interview. After the game, talking to the reporters, you know, you know, normal media duties and obligations. He had a quote. He was like, you know, some players, you know, can pop off and have these big regular seasons and we get in playoffs. They just not he not him because the playoffs is a different animal. And I was like, bro, you like you're absolutely right. I mean, we can talk about Draymond and his value. One of the greatest role players <clears throat> you can have in, in maybe in NBA history. Even what we have right now in the present moment of this game, I know that ever since he's came back, it's definitely been a boost and a spark for their offense as a whole. And defensively, he is an anchor on that team. Just to see him say that was intriguing. Intriguing why, Mo? Because I had to wonder. I said to myself, you know what? Who could he possibly be talking about? Like, for real, for real. Like, who is he talking about? And I had to sit there and say to myself, well, Moon, don't make it over complicated. He's talking about the guy that he was guarding, Jokic. <laughs> so my point is this. I think I saw a stat that Jokic just lost his last five playoff games that he's played. It's showcasing to me that you can be dominant in the regular season. And I'm happy that fantasy basketball is a regular season-based uh, business where we, you know, diving into the NBA. We have to also be realistic and keep it real in this Real Talk episode that Jokic, if you are the number one player in fantasy in the regular season, then I need you to keep that same energy when the playoffs come around. When you're building your lineups, you have to, to say what Jalen said. 
you know, if you have to spend 10000 11000 on Jokic, we still got probably about one more game left before before they close it out because it looks like it's about to be a sweep. Gut feeling is I'm not paying 11000 for Jokic for him to only be able to put out performances like he has. To close up my real talk for you, um, you talk about postseason and where we are through the series in Golden State. Like, don't get me wrong, he's put up the numbers, um, but it's not the the high floor, sixty point floor that we were talking about. The last game he had sixty seven pen fantasy points. Uh, he went thirty seven, eighteen, and five. The game before that, he had a forty eight point two. Game two, twenty six, eleven, and four. Uh, fifty one fantasy points today. Uh, in game one, twenty five, ten, and six. If you see a trend, it's not the points and the rebounds. It's the assists. The way that Golden State is defending Jokic and defending really the Nuggets in the series, it, it makes it harder for him to get those assists. Uh, get those assists. So normally, yeah. when you see his numbers be inflated, it's starting to come back down because of how they're defending him more strategically in the playoffs. So. I don't want to even get into the debate on whether they can climb out of a three to three to zero series hole. They can't. Um, you, don't, you don't need to get into it. They can't. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about Jokic's DFS fantasy appeal for Game Four, I know he's recorded a double double in six consecutive playoff outings, but has he won in those games? Um, if you have to ask yourself, is he gonna? Is the others gonna be able to do their part enough for Jokic to be able to hit those assist totals that you need him to be at that seventy point, sixty point, you know, thre- uh, threshold? The reason why he got 67 is because he had 37 and 18. <laughs> and he shot 66% from three. <laughs> Draymond was talking about Jokic um, without it's saying his cat. name. And it's, he could be talking about it's a number of other players you can fit into that. Draymond was right. You can be a superstar in a regular season, but the postseason comes around, it's a different animal. So thank God our regular season for fantasy uh, ends when playoffs starts. <laughs> So yeah, that's real talk presented by Real Ones Productions. Coming up, we got a little shout out. Jalen, tell the audience about Ball Don't Lie. Yes, Ball Don't Lie is a podcast hosted by me and my co-host Steezy. Uh, we talk about basketball consistently on that podcast. Uh, it's not fantasy related; it's more so uh, on the court related. What what we've watched and what we've seen so far throughout the playoffs. It's also a regular season based, but I think it's, you know, deserves a five star rating. And to add on, it's it's a very good podcast. Me and Steve enjoy doing it. And we would love for people, uh, for, or for new people to check it out. For sure. I enjoy editing it. Definitely check it out. That's Ball Don't Lie on all podcast platforms. Ball Don't Lie on all podcast platforms. Check out, and you know, it's the right one when you see that RMP logo. So, yes, sir. Now we get into the main enchilada, the big daddy of them all, the FV Awards show. It's been a long season that has been up and down roller coaster ride as far as fantasy. With us ending the season, you know what that means. It's time to hard, hand out hardware. So myself, Moon, and Jalen, we're going to go through the list of awards and give our personal opinion of who we feel like should take on the awards the categories for tonight are defensive player of the year rookie of the year never will i draft again award (laughs) the biggest bust award breakout player of the year comeback player of the year new face new place award 
Best Value Award, and of course, the MVP. If you like this episode, loving the vibes, feeling the podcast in any way, in a positive way, man, make sure you hit that five-star rating on us and tell a friend to tell a friend about what's going on here at R1P and with Fantasy Vibes Hoops. Let's get it, Jalen. Award show kicking off. Who's your defensive player of the year? And uh, tell me more about why. Okay, so it's, it's kind of hard for me for defense player of the year uh, because I couldn't like, really find uh, h- how many points or, or, or uh, fantasy points this player had off of blocks or, or steals. Because um, I was using fantasydata.com. I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to just do one thing. Uh, look at his fantasy points. Look at defensive impact in real life. Look at the block total blocks and look total steals. And I ended up with Rudy Gobert. We know in real life Marcus mm-hmm. Smart won it, and I love my guards and and perimeter defenders. Me, I me, mean, I prefer perimeter defenders over uh, rim protectors, but that's just me. Uh, but I had to go Rudy Gobert here. He had two thousand. I mean, yeah, two thousand five hundred and forty one points, uh, one hundred thirty seven blocks. 45 steals and if it is still uh, one of the best in the leagues granted uh, you know he does get roasted a lot even though it's more so the scheme why he gets roasted than him as the player even though he has no offensive bag we're talking about defense here though like as a defensive scheme yeah. the Jazz are terrible because it just makes Rudy Gobert stay in the paint and they have no perimeter defenders but but uh, yeah defensive the defensive player of the year for me is Rudy Gobert I rock with that. My defensive player of the year is Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, because I feel like, I like that the real, yeah, the real reason why I say that is because he doesn't really contribute to your stat sheets offensively. I mean, a lot of it has to do with how Memphis does their rotations. They never let their players go over like a certain threshold of minutes. Um, so you have to be able to count, say that like Jan Jackson is not Kristaps Porzingis where Kristaps Porzingis, he can play 28 minutes, but then pop off with 50 fantasy points on a consistent basis as his floor is higher, even in limited minutes. Jan Jackson's <clears throat> floor seems to be tied to or his ceiling seems to be tied to his uh, blocks, uh, his steals, his defensive uh, prowess. This year, he had 177 blocks, 73 steals. And if you look at his total points, he only had 1,272, 454 rebounds. So this was his best season by far scoring, um, rebounding, even assisting blocks by a wide margin. His uh, previous high was in 2020. He had 92. So he basically shattered that. And he's been doing it on 31%, you know, from the from the three-point art, and that's really great. Over his career, he has 369 blocks. 177 of those came this year. He will be my defensive player of the year, even not, not counting the playoffs or anything like that, just based on the re- regular season alone. <clears throat> and I just think that he had to do more and less less time because Brandon Clark has been playing amazing. Um, this year, uh, they have a lot of players on the team that know their role, and it seems like Jalen Jackson has stepped into his role as an enforcer on their defense. So, my defensive player of the year for Moon is Jalen Jackson the third. Jalen's defensive player of the year is Rudy Gobert. 
Now it gets to the next award. Rookie of the year. Okay, my rookie year, it was back and forth between two people. It was K.K. Cunningham and Evan Mobley. I ended up choosing Evan Mobley. He had, he had more fantasy points than K.K. had, I believe, 2,080 fantasy points. Um, Evan Mobley had 2,189 yeah. fantasy points. Uh, but to add on, he also, I mean, he played, he played in more games, which, I mean, it's important to be healthy when you have somebody like Evan Mobley in your fantasy league or when you have a player in your fantasy league. I went Evan Mobley for, that, for those reasons. It's crazy because I didn't even really count Scotty. Like, even though he won Rookie of the Year, I didn't have, I had him at three. My top Dang. two that I was considering was Evan Mobley and Kate, just like you said. But I think, I'm a little bit harder on Scotty just because of he has a great floor, which is about 30 points. I think that was his average this year, um, about 30 <clears throat> fantasy points a game, which is pretty good, like that baseline. But I had my worries throughout the course of the season about his ceiling. I mean, of course, he had games where he put up 60 pieces and things of that nature um, a couple of times throughout the season. But if you look at his, like, the mean of all the games, average, it's right around that 30-point mark. And for me, uh, the reason why I went Evan Mobley over Cade, not just more fantasy points, but I just think bigger impact. Um, defensively, Evan Mobley had 115 blocks, 55, 56 steals. He shot 50, 50% from the field. Um, one thing I want to see him work on more is his three-point shooting. He shot 35, 25% from the field uh, from three this year. Um, but he, like, it, he didn't really take a lot of high-volume shots like, um, like a Jaron Jackson we were just talking about. Um, so for me, I think the full combination, points, rebounds, assists, um, him turning into a player that is very mature in his in his rookie year, um, following the team, um, hearing interviews with JB Bickerstaff. Um, I think I just lean to him towards him more. And then also he got us into the play in. He did play five more games in Cade. I think Scotty played the most, if I'm not mistaken. Um so yeah. sixty nine games yeah, Scotty played the most. 69 games as a center is not bad in this league at all, bro. Um, and I know you had that little, you know, injury concern at the end of the season and everything, but it was good to see him come back. And he actually came back um, in a faster timeline than Jared Allen did. And um, his price throughout the, the throughout the season, it started off it started off low around like the five thousand mark and then as time went on and everything he started to get higher and higher he gets breakout performances and then i think the highest i saw evan mobley's price on FanDuel this season was probably like 8.9 k if i'm not mistaken um i don't know if he made it into the nine thousand range he very well could have but um i remember the highest was like 8.9 um, so that's very great um i think he had the highest overall Price. I know Scotty at one point was in the eight thousands consistently, uh, seven thousands for sure. Cade over the course of the, the season, his price started to elevate and stay consistent in that eight thousand range or high seven thousand range. And I'm talking about FanDuel salary um, that they associate with the players. So if I just look at the whole picture, 
I'll go Evan Mobley exactly with Jalen as my rookie of the year for fantasy this season. And I just say that he just gave you everything that you could hope for. That's our rookie of the year. And uh, the award goes to Evan Mobley. Shout out to him. Up next is an award that when I was first uh, wrote it down, I started to bust out laughing because I don't, I, I couldn't even imagine what Jalen was going to put, who he was going to select as his player um, for this award. <clears throat> Never will I draft again award. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go first with this one. We talked about him a little bit earlier in the season. And uh, my my brother, he said, man, anytime that this player gets the flaws down for the floor, I'll be ready to put him on my trade block. <laughs> this player plays for a team that gets all this hype and they didn't even make the playoffs. This player only played in four game, 40 games. And he had a top two round projection of ADP. If I'm not mistaken, Jalen, correct me if I'm wrong. He... Only put up 1,917 fantasy points this season. If you take all the players that were drafted in that range, all of them are at least in the top 50. AD is not. And that's who I'm talking about. This season, you could talk about some highs and everything, but it's a lot that is left to be desired. Not only did he shoot 18.6% 18.6% from three-point range this season. 71.3% from free throw. Give him his credit. He shot 53.2% from, from the field. Yay. Hoorah. <laughs> but the problem and why I will never draft him again, especially at that ADP, first to second round, and we was really having this discussion before the season started. Like, dang, man, I could take AD in that. Like, that's kind of a steal. Nah, he's not getting selected by me no more. Mr. Uh, Brittle Bones, Humpty Dumpty fell on the wall, had a great fall. Like, that's what AD is to me. He can't stay healthy, and it's hard to be contribute. It's hard to contribute to your fantasy lineups if you can't depend on a player to be in night in and night out, you know, coming through clutch for you. Uh, could this possibly change in the future? And, you, and I have a change of heart. No, <laughs> I'm not having a change of heart on AD at all because I feel like I'm just gonna burn myself. Never will I draft again. Los Angeles Lakers power forward slash center Anthony Davis. Who's your never will I draft again player this year, Jalen? Before I get to my player, I just want to say that you can say this later on and. Uh, this upcoming week, like the idea of Anthony Davis is better than what you get on the court right now. It might come shocking to like why he's my like I will never draft again player, but it's because it's not like he had a bad season. He was he was relatively healthy. Um, but the thing is, he's a smaller player. He's getting older. Uh, my player is Mike mm-hmm. Conley. Mm. Which he did have a bad season. He almost got you. He almost got you two thousand fantasy points this year. Um, compared to last year, that's a big upgrade. Now, granted, last year he played, I believe, fifty-one games, and this year he played seventy-one games. That's twenty more games. Uh, but it's like okay, with the with the Jazz potentially losing in the first round, they're going to make changes. Mike Conley, well, I think he probably gets traded, but I don't know what his contract is looking like. So I'm not too sure teams want to take on his contract or not. Um, but he's getting older. He's a smaller point guard. Uh, his shooting, 
43 percent from the field isn't terrible. For a 40 percent for three point range is better uh, than what he used to be as like when he was in Memphis. Because he wasn't like a very like I wouldn't be mad if if if, if he was shooting threes in Memphis. Well, when he was in Memphis, but like he's getting older. Um, his value on the court is still it's okay, but I don't think it's at a rate to where it's like you know first ten rounds I'm drafting Mike Conley. No, like I think he, in, in my opinion, if he gets traded, he's a backup point guard next year. If he doesn't get traded, he's a starter. But he gives you less production than what he gives you this season that from from this year. Yeah, Mike Conley is my uh, never again player. He didn't have a bad season. I st- I st- and I still will say that. But me, I'm never drafting Mike Conley again. So that's our never will I draft again award. Anthony Davis gets Man. mine. Mike Mike Conley gets Jalen's. Go ahead, bro. Man, the way Kevin Durant playing, I'm not drafting him. So. <laughs> Got that man in a straight jacket. He's in prison. It's inmate zero. I can't make the main five, red claw. Sit <laughs> 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 the main red claw. <laughs> You're talking about the G League. Uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of development, <clears throat> um, Scum, I'm gonna need a lot of development in my trust for me to be able to to select this next player as high as I did this past season. If it was Dynasty, it probably would have worked out. But redraft, no way, Jose. Never will I draft again. Award is done. Now we go to something equally as bad. The biggest bust award. Uh, this season, I debated on quite a few names. Uh, I was Mo, going I to I think we might be in consensus here. We, 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 we actually might be in Zion Williamson, bro. He's the biggest bust for me. Honorable mention is Julius Randle. And Julius Randle honestly could have made my Never Will I Draft Again list. Um, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, and, and it's crazy. It's really crazy, too, because if you look at the regular season stats as far as fantasy production, Julius Randle finished 16th this year in fantasy points. He had 2,800 fantasy points. You're like, okay, that's not bad. You know? He shot 30% from the three. A lot of people might say, Randle, like... That's 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 a reach. Not for me. Because I'm not going to be reaching to pick him anymore. To me, he's a bust. He's just, if you look at his fantasy performance and his in-game performance, like in real life, it just wasn't there. His player efficiency rating was 18.77. That's 122nd in the league. His usage rate was 27th in the NBA. 27th. That's pretty high. 28.93 usage rate. Close to 30%. But his turnover percentage was 14.68. And in 2022, and that was 81st in the, in the entire league. This season, I mean, he underperformed when it comes to points, underperformed when it comes to assists. Uh, he did have more blocks this season than he did in his previous two seasons. Um, steals was kind of taking a little dip. But where I lost it was the field goal percentage. He's shooting 41% from the field, bro. 41% from the field. If you're in seven cat leagues, Julius Randle was probably the ultimate headache for you. Um, so for me, he underwhelmed. Last year, he had 31, 31, 43. That's how many fantasy points that he had. 3,143 fantasy points, which is really good. Uh, he was getting a lot of hype. But I'm worried, Jalen, that the 2021 season 
AKA COVID year was the best that we're going to see from Randall. Do you agree? Oh yeah, most definitely. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's our biggest bust award. Who's, who's your biggest bust this season? Okay. Biggest bust. I, which is why, which is why I thought who, who's going to go with. Or, or, oh, or, or bro. But the player that that's on my biggest bust award is the Michael Porter Jr. Uh, yes, bro. We we we, we, we kind of got a taste of what he could be in that Portland series last year in the playoffs in the first round, and it was like mm-hmm. you know every like and everybody was just soaking it up like you know he he he, he got so much. Scoring potential, da da da. Even I was soaking it up, and then yeah. I remember when draft time comes, you drafted him like fourth round. I drafted Yo. Dejounte Murray like the next or something like that, and uh-huh. it was like, I'm like, okay. I saw that pick. And, I remember I was, that pick too because I was like, dang, Jalen sniped, <laughs> he sniped Murray like right off our hands. Now looking back, it's like, Moon, what were you thinking, bro? The same thing with Jalen just said. We was both falling in love with that Portland series. I'm seeing man shoot threes on top of threes on top of threes. Like, yo, he can he can put it all together. And then you start thinking about the defensive end, and maybe you can play some defense, get some blocks, steals. Yeah, keep going, Jalen. My bad. Yeah, he only had 190. Oh, you're good. He only had 190 total fantasy points. That's more than last year. Granted, last year. He played 61 games this year. He played nine games. Oh, he was on pace to do better last year, actually. Um, but he was shooting 35% from the field. Uh, now, he did get injured, which is why he only played nine games, of course. He was shooting 35% from the field when he when he went out with his back injury. He was shooting 20, 20% from, from three-point range. Uh, last game, he got 6.6 uh, fantasy points, 25 fantasy points, 27, 26, 17, 29, 23. Nine and thirty-one <laughs> and thirty-two fantasy points is all. Is all that sounds like a waiver wire guy to me? <laughs> if you if you read those stats out and you if we had yeah. to do blind resume and we had to put the player in categories and say, okay, is this a a, a, a tier one, tier two, tier three player, right? Or is this like a waiver wire pickup? You would probably <laughs> I'll put him in the waiver wire pickup. If I'm just reading those stats of what you just said in the games that he did play, yeah. which is very underwhelming. I think of some of the fact was that you could have had DeJounte and you didn't have him. And I just ended up picking him yes. DeJounte ended up being like the <laughs> first round type player. Because I, I I went Anthony, I think I went Anthony Edwards or something along the lines of that, like beat the pick before. Yes. So yeah, you, my you, head you was like, and like, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to double up. Like... <laughs> And I'm trying to go home run after home run. It's like, slow your roll, Moon. Like, you just striked out. <laughs> and then Jalen is just sitting there like, oh, shit. La-da, la-da, la-da-da-da-da. Oh, snap. DeJounte Murray is still here. <laughs> Let me go ahead and scoop him up real quick. <laughs> I saw that pick. It said the pick is in. I said, oh, my <clears> gosh. <throat> I can't believe I let him fall that far. Crazy. Hopefully, we'll talk about a little bit with DeJounte a little bit later. But... That is our biggest bust reward. Julius Randle, I know I just said Zion, but she's probably going to have to take the cake <laughs> this year. Uh, Jelens is my MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. Coming up next, breakout player of the year. Jalen, talk to me. Who's your breakout player of the year this year? Well, I think it was a guy we just talked about. It was, it's uh, DeJounte Murray. 
No, I, I was I was I was debating. I was like, there's going Dejounte. I was like, man, Dejounte gave me first round talent, and it, especially from where I drafted him. But it was like he was giving me points, rebounds, and assists. Three thousand one hundred ninety six fantasy points this year. Shot well from the field. Shot forty six percent three. He's always been a three point. Uh, he's a, he's always been a three point shooter that struggled from that from three point uh, line. Well, I don't want to say he's always been a three point shooter, but he's always been a player that struggled from the three point line. Uh, <laughs> defense dipped down, but his offense took a big jump. Ended up having thirty nine triple, I mean double doubles and thirteen triple doubles this season, which is a lot more than last season. What he had thirteen double doubles and four triple doubles last season. He's also jumped up almost. Yeah, he jumped up nine hundred fantasy points from last year. So he's my breakout player, Dejounte Murray. It was fantastic this year. It was a pleasure watching him. I know the only reason I would watch Spurs games for real, for real, is to see Dejounte, of course, playing FanDuel, and um, I would say the emergence of Jakob Bertle Portal this season for the Spurs, um, as well, and Keldon Johnson coming on late as well. Um, but Dejounte carried the load offensively and defensively as well. I think he averaged like didn't he average like two steals this game, uh, this year. Or something close to it. So he was contributing on the defensive end too, which increases his upside. When you're cranking out triple doubles and double doubles at that state, it's going to help you win and win often. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, with that pick, I like that pick a lot. And I kind of had the same process. Um, I treated breakout player almost like, you know, most improved player for like the NBA yeah, and their awards. Same. same. Um, so it was a lot of names that could have got mentioned, um, but I kind of landed on three: Dejounte, Ja, and Darius Garland. Those are my three that I had to really sit there and say. But I think the reason why I gave it to Darius Garland over Ja is just because I felt like Darius Garland was more consistent, um, especially the close at the end of the year. And I know Ja dealt with the injury where he was gone and everything he had to come back but if you look at if you compare Josh's numbers to garland's it's it's kind of like to me is not really close like Josh gets all the hype for sure but like you can get so caught up in Josh that you miss the fact that there's garland has been like showing his tail this season and what me and jalen be saying he's showing his ass this season <laughs> like passing the passing the world um, especially with Colin Sexton not being there, so he has to get more control of the offense. Um, I saw a stat recently with Darius Garland that was saying that he had he plays like the most minutes in the league, if I'm not mistaken. He plays roughly like 40 minutes per game. He has the ball in his hands con- like consistently. Um, Jai had 2.5k fantasy points this year, which is pretty pretty good given. The injuries, the fact that he only played 57 games, and he contribute. What I would love to see him fix is the turnovers, like in the three-point shooting. Uh, his field goal percentage is 49%, but when you're attacking and you lead the NBA in points in the paint as a guard, that's a round of applause by all, all by itself. But Garland finishes number 24 in the league right now. Um, above the names like Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Anthony Edwards, John Morant, Rudy Gobert, Zabonis, uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton. 
Um, just to name a few. He didn't finish in that top ultra echelon's range. And since I knew that Jalen was kind of might lean DeJounte, who finished number seven in fantasy points scored last year, this past season, um, I ended up going with Garland. If we look at it, he had 25, 2.5K points, similar to Ja. But what the difference is, is the field goal percentage is slightly lower because Ja Ja's like 49, Darius Garland's at 46. Uh, Three-point percentage is better. Um, Darius Garland's at 38%, which is pretty good. Uh, he had 174 made three-pointers this year uh, with Cleveland. Where I say he take that next jump is assist. Um, there were multiple games this year where he had double-digit assists, and his <clears throat> usage rate was 31st in the league, 2809 is his usage rate. Um, you pair that with the fact that his turnover percentage was uh, top 50 in the in the league, especially since how much he care- handles the ball for that offense. And this player efficiency rating was at 22.4, which is 54th in the league. I say that it's a big jump. And the reason why I gave it to Garland over Ja, in 2021, Darius Garland only had 1,569 fantasy points. This year, he had 2,560 fantasy points. Literally a 1,000 fantasy point jump up. That alone in itself made him take over the breakout player of the year or most improved player for me. This one is one that I added in just because I thought it would be fun. Comeback player of the year award. Players that were either like injured, hurt, had some time off in 2021. This season, they took that game to the next level. They came back. Uh, who's your comeback player of the year, Jeff? Okay, comeback player for the year, uh, of the year. I don't know how people feel about this, but I got a uh, cat. Got over 800 points from last year. He's played 14 more games. No, 24 more games than last year. Uh, that's seven more triple. Du- I mean, yeah, seven more triple doubles. One more. I mean, seven, seven more double doubles. One more triple double. Um, than last year, shooting a higher percentage, shooting 41% from three, shooting 52% from the field. So you come back player of the year for me. Especially for a dude that somewhat, I ain't gonna say has always struggled with injuries, but here and there has had like ticky-tack injuries that have kept him out of games. So Carl Anthony Towns was my comeback player of the year. That's fire. I'm gonna go with the guard for my comeback player of the year. I lean towards the injury narrative a little bit more. I want to a little step out a little bit outside the box. And given everything that he had to deal with this year, um, I wanted to shine light on um, one of the splash bros. Clay Thompson, man. I know he only had 957 fantasy points this year. And it's like, okay, that's nowhere close to his 2000 career. He's constantly gone 2000 over his career. In fact, there was only one season where he didn't score 2,000 fantasy points, and that was the first year's rookie year. Other than that, he's been in that range, 2,100 fantasy points, or that 21 to 2,400 fantasy points. This year, he only had 957, and he only played 940 minutes. So if you do the math, he scored 957 fantasy points in 940 minutes. That means that he is definitely putting in work when he's on the floor. 
Golden State ramped up his minutes over the course of the year. And of course, as a if you are a Jordan Poole owner, gotta be like it was an up and down roller coaster. Like, do what when do I play him? When do I not? Um, when Clay is sitting out the second night of a back to back and he's playing the first, like, do I put him on my bench? Like, do I take the fact that Jordan Poole could come off the in score if you were a clay thompson owner and you ended up uh, picking him up like later on in the draft give yourself a round of applause because he probably came in to help help you big time especially later in the season now i know the defensive numbers that we normally see from clay um in a small sample size you know leaves a little bit more to be desired you know as far as steals blocks but it was great to see him you know, being able to get his points up there. Um, he played 32 games. He started all 32 in the games that he did play. Um, he ramped it up over the course of the end of the season. Shot 90% from free throw, 38.5% uh, from three. And he made 114 three-pointers. That's very good. I'll just give you context. Clay Thompson's rookie season, he had 111 three-pointers made. He had 114 this season coming back, and he played in about half of the amount of games. 68 that rookie season and 32 this year. From what he did and where he came back, to be able to finish this season with a usage rate of 29.77, higher than John Morant, higher than Darius Garland, I'm not sure if it's higher than DeJounte, but that ranked 18th in the entire NBA for 2022 and a player efficiency rating of 21.06. I put Klay Thompson as my comeback player of the year. He was my second player because I was like, but I thought like Klay was like too cliche. I was like, I gotta go with Cat because I'm like, he he dealt with some injuries last year. It was between like Cat and D'Lo, but I just feel like Cat is like a lot better than D'Lo, of course. So I mm. gave it to Cat. But yeah, I don't mind Clay because I was considering him. So we're getting through these awards. Now we get to an interesting award. New face, new place award. A player that started the season on the team that he wasn't on in 2021. And um he bought out with that uh with that new team. Uh who is your new face, new place award winner, Jalen? I feel like you might have this player too. I had Damar. Yeah, I had DeMar too. So DeMar yeah. DeRozan. Uh, yeah. He had 31,000 fantasy points. Um, or, uh, sorry, 3,100. It'd be crazy if he had 31,000. Um, <laughs> this three-pointer went up. He shot 35% for three. Field, uh, field went up 50% from the field. Six double-doubles. Um, but, it, like, at, forget the fantasy stats. It was the fact that he carried the Bulls and kept up his, like, great fantasy value. Um, this year, it was like some people might draft him like sixth round, fifth round, like seventh. Like that man gave a whole bunch of fantasy owners second, first round production on on really great nights, and yes. on on bad nights he gave you fourth round production, third round production. But even then, that production would still be good. Um, so yeah, mine is Demar Derozan. I'm right there with you. Um, to me, when I looked at the different players that changed teams, he just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And to me, it wasn't, I think he ran away with the yeah. award in my mind. Like, it really wasn't no competition. We both uh, agree on DeMar DeRozan. Uh, new face, new place award. It's kind of obvious we both agree on DeMar DeRozan. <clears throat> As we continue on the Fantasy Vibes Awards show, 
we get to the next award, best value. Um, this was based on a player's ADP to start the season and where they ended up in the rankings. Of course, I have my player Jalen as his. I'm going to go first. I thought long and hard about this, and I I really have two players, but I know I can't split the award. I'm going to go with the non-consensus answer. Uh, the consensus answer would be Jordan Poole, um, but I'm going to go with the non-popular, which is Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma was drafted around 100 or so. Uh, I want to say like 119 was his ADP uh, for for this coming into this season. Now, if you would have thought that Kyle Kuzma would have put up the production that he did, especially in that stretch um, of January where he was going crazy in February, then you would have I, I would have been like, bro, I don't believe you. This year he had 2,181 fantasy points just for context his last season with the lakers when he only started 32 games he had six 1600 fantasy points so when you're shooting 70 uh we're shooting 34 percent from three um which is like actually better than what his career career <laughs> average is right now is at 33 percent his field goal percentage was higher than his career average at 45.2 um, he contributed on the defensive end and the steals more than any season that he has before because he had to start in more games. He had 66 games played and 66 games started. So it was great to see him in that role. Um, this was better than the 2019 season uh, where he started 68 games and that's he started 68 out of 70 games where he only put up 2,034 fantasy points. So he took that season in 2019 and said, hold my beer. He did it in 2000 minutes, less minutes than if he played for when he paid for L.A. in 2019. <clears throat> I know his production started to tail off and come back to earth as we got closer to the season's ending. End, but there, he definitely impressed me based on where his ADP was. And if you selected Kyle Kuzma like late in, late in the draft, then you just walked away with basically a gem. Um, I know that he still has to work on his player efficiency rating. It was 18.2. That's 143rd in, in the league. His usage rate was 63rd in the league at 24.38. And his turnover percentage was 1406, which was 102nd. So make no mistake, he still has some more things he needs to improve on. My best value in terms of just where ADP, where he was selected, and where his overall performance is, where he ended up. Um, I like the Kakuvan pick. That was a little different. I actually wasn't expecting that. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I, I wasn't expecting but I get it. I get it. De- uh, Desmond Bang. Wow. It's crazy because I'm just looking at his stats right now, too. <laughs> yeah, he had two hundred. He had two thousand two hundred and twenty-seven fantasy points uh, total this season. I believe he shot like what forty, say forty-three percent from the field. But I, I, I thought it was forty-six percent. Uh, not, uh, not from, uh, he's forty-six from the field, field but from three. From, uh, from three, yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, forty-six point one percent from the field, and uh, and uh, he's forty-three percent from th- from three-point range. Uh, Plays good defense. He so so he gets you steals. Um, 
so it gets to get you the, the defensive uh, fantasy points. But it was like he also did a good job facilitating. Like when John went out, uh, Desmond Bain was 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 playmaking his ass off. So he's my um my my um, my most what was this award move most what was uh, this award best, called uh, best value best value for those that's out there. I know there's gonna be some people out there. What about Tyrese Maxey? Uh yeah, he can be an honorable mention. Uh, he finished in just outside the top fifty, if I'm not mistaken. And that Desmond Bain, Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, Kyle Kuzma, like players in that range could all could have all been in consideration for that award. And if you had them on your roster, I know they did great things for you, um, for this season. Jalen, it's time for the last one. We made it all MVP. the way to the end. MVP, most valuable player. Um, I feel like we are in sync when it comes to this. Yeah, but which, I'm just going. I want to say with, with, with I want to do a countdown. We say it at the same time. Um, all right, cool. I'm, 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 all right, so I'm just counting down from three. I'm finish our countdown in three, two, one. Nicole Jokic. Jakob Portal. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jokic is mine too. Um, I think it's consensus. If you just look at it from these overall fantasy points, I started it off in the show, but he's clear of like the next closest, which is Giannis, by about four five hundred fantasy points. Um, I think the difference being it's crazy. Giannis and Jokic actually scored right around the same amount of like actual points. Um, but Giannis did in seven less games played. But where Jokic takes the cake is rebounding, assist. Um, it's crazy. Jokic had 110 steals this year, um, which is, if I'm not mistaken, that's top ten in in the in the league. Um, at as a big man as a center. In fact, he's the only center that is even close. The only other center that's eligible, the next closest center was Bam Adebayo. He had 80, 80 uh, steals. Jokic is at 110. So defensively, um, it helped his Florida season. I think that helped add on. When you're shooting 58% from the field, 33% from from. Three, 33% from uh, three as a big man. Um, getting you, you made 252 three-pointers. You know, it's going to help elevate your scoring, especially <clears throat> since uh, he's versatile. I don't think that I got to give him a huge explanation. I think it's just kind of rooted in this. He had a better season this year than last year when he won the MVP. And throughout the year, continuously, He's an anchor in your lineups. If you had Jokic, it's kind of like just pick a game and you know that hey, whatever game I pick, I mean, I'm basically going to get like 60 from him. Uh, it's crazy when you have a player that has a floor of that high. And I think he's out of, what, Jokic, Giannis, and Joel this season. Those are the players that, you know, you could plug in. And I could even make an argument for Trey, Luca, Jason Tatum, and DeJounte. 
You can throw Cat and Demar in there too. Like that top top eight, top eight at eight, like type vibes. They are up there as far as plug in, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, whether or not they're gonna, you know, be the the guy that night. They're gonna come through, and it's actually a relief because it's just, hey, if I'm spending this eleven thousand on Jokic, you don't want him to burn you, especially if he's paying that much money and that salary trying to put together your lineups. And this year, Jokic got the. He was the only player in, in fantasy this year, if I'm not mistaken, Jacqueline to score over a hundred fantasy points. Um, so um, maybe I'm not. I, I'm not too sure. Um, and that's on the the regular scoring that we have, not in our elevated scoring, because um, the man probably had close to two hundred. <laughs> but he had seventy pieces of galore over his stat line throughout the year, a, a bunch of different sixty pieces. And today, um, I mean, he, he made history uh, this season, too. Um, and when I say that, he was uh, the first player in league history to record 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in the same season. So the back-to-back MVP is my MVP for the fantasy 2022 fantasy season. Uh, tell me how you feel about it, Joe. I mean, I know it's I mean, not I really... Eight, but. Yeah, I mean, I had him MVP. I, I like it. Um, had more triple. I mean, had more double doubles and triple doubles than last year. Yeah, I mean, to me, he, he, he's he's consensus like number one overall pick in, in, in fantasy drafts. Number one in player efficiency rating too, thirty eight point five seven, <clears throat> and um, number eleven in the NBA usage rate at thirty two point oh six as a center. I mean, just constantly plug and play. I know we talked about what we, what we mentioned earlier with the whole Draymond thing and then Jokic, you know, not being able to perform in the playoffs at that same level. But this man had 4,000 fantasy points in a season. That's not a small feat. So definitely take that in. Like, if you're listening right now, take that in and realize how special what we're getting. Um is from Jokic as far as fantasy basketball is concerned. He's the 1.01 in my eyes, and I don't see it changing. And with the recent news to Joel Embiid requiring surgeries to his thumb, it's kind of making the gap at center, um, depending on what the timetable is next year. Um, <clears throat> there might be people that say, hey, I might pass on Joel because of the injury. But I? Not really, because we know who he is. But... Hey, for me, Jokic is 1.01. So now that we went through the list as far as all the fantasy awards, let's give ourselves a round of applause. We finally made it through another 2022 season for fantasy, which is great. Uh, shout out to y'all for staying tuned with us throughout the year. And I promise you, this year, we're going to have so much more content coming to you. Um, throughout this season, the off season, we still got to go into the draft. Um, for NBA, the NBA offseason. We still got the playoffs going right now. Got more episodes on the way um, to come. And I'm looking forward to it. Jalen, I want to pass it to you before, um, since I just mentioned the playoffs. Uh, what is your Jason Diamond's playoff prediction uh, based on how you're feeling right now? 
how I'm feeling. Um, I didn't know if you wanted me to go series by series. I didn't, I didn't know if you wanted my finals pick, but uh, I think Heat win tonight. Suns win tonight. And then, you know, those are the other two games. I think the war the Warriors are down right now. I think the Warriors end up winning tonight. Um and then we're recording this on Saturday, so it's the t- or I mean Sunday. So it is the twenty fourth. Um for people out there listening. Um I think the Celtics get the sweep. The Sixers win, they advance. The Mavericks win as Luca probably plays more minutes again. He end up winning, they advance also. Um I do think the Timberwolves and Grizzlies, that, those are toss-up games, but I think the Grizzlies ended up winning the series in six. Um, the Bucks beat the Bulls in five. I think the Celtics go on to beat the Bucks. I think the Heat go on to beat the Sixers. I think the Warriors go on to beat the Grizzlies. And I think the Suns go on to beat the um, Mavericks. I think all those series go six to five games. Then in each kind of finals, I got the Celtics and I got the Warriors. Finals, I got the Celtics. Some of that bias, but some of that's confidence. A lot of that's confidence, actually. That's crazy. Because before the playoffs started, if you would have asked Jalen where his confidence meter is in the Celtics, it would have been different than what it is right now. It's beyond. Confidence. It was just the fact that we were playing Kevin Durant and Kyrie ain't know how we were going to defend that. Yeah. Turns out Kevin Durant just sucks. Man, it's been in a straight jacket. Let me say he's been and he's been in prison. And uh we might have to bring that we might have to bring that segment out uh this coming year. You know, I'm locked up. <laughs> Cause Kevin Durant will definitely be in the I'm locked up segment today, uh based on this series. And <clears throat> we get to the end of another episode. We wanna appreciate you for taking your time out to listen. Uh, make sure, man, if you love this. Please hit us with that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. It helps for the expansion and exposure of our podcast and to, you know, be able to help others, people that's out there. So tell a friend to tell a friend to come join the wave. That is F.E. Hoops. Um, stay tuned. Like Jalen said earlier, Bought On Live podcast is definitely out there popping and um, waiting on you to check it out. Um, you can check that out on all podcast platforms as well as this podcast is all under the R1P umbrella. Um, and all of our podcasts are getting busy. So just shout out to R1P as well for uh, helping us with the show and giving us a platform to be able to do this. Um, Jalen, got any final words uh, before we uh, get out of here? Um, yes. Whoever listening right now, thank you for listening. Again, I said earlier, rate us as a five star, no matter where you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Audible. Wherever you can rate us five star, uh, please rate us five star. It'll be really helpful for the podcast. And that being said, make sure you check us out. Uh, stay wavy, stay safe. Um, happy 2022 NBA regular season for fantasy. Enjoy the playoffs um, each game. I know it has its own little storylines in it, but soak it all up, man. Um, getting playoff basketball. And um, until next episode, uh, which is probably going to be um, sometime within the next couple of days, we're going to try to get this out as fast as possible. Um, but until next time, man, we appreciate y'all talking up the content. Stay blessed. And uh, for Moon Vibes and Jalen, 
the journalist, Jalen Wilson. Let them know where they can follow you at, Jay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jalen underscore Antonio one. Um, that is my main account for like social media that I use. So yeah, make sure you follow me over there or interact with me. Do whatever. <laughs> hey, you need to follow his account. This account is hilarious. But facts though. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore super moon vibes. That's underscore super moon vibes. I would love to connect with you. Um, and yeah, man, this is Evie Hopes. Shout out to our sponsors. And if you want to sponsor us, man, make sure you hit us up at email, realmonsterproductions at gmail. For me, Moon, Jalen, we sign y'all out. Have a great day. And um, until next time, this is for the love of fantasy. Peace.